Well, hello, everybody. This is Pastor Mark A. Stroud, and I thank you so much for joining me for another broadcast right here on Kingdom Rock Radio. Well, we're going to continue in the series entitled Healing is the Children's Bread. And this is part number six, and it is subtitled Confess and Press. We're going to confess and press and see the manifestation of our miracle. Oh my goodness, I cannot wait for you to hear this message. It is hot. The Holy Spirit of God really moved mightily in our services today, and I want you to be a part of it. Now, don't forget, if you have a Roku device, R-O-K-U device or smart television, you want to go to the channel store, let me tell you, and look for Kingdom Rock TV. Kingdom Rock TV. And it is there that you will find today's video and a whole lot more. There are just some things you're just going to have to see uh, in order to really get into it. So check it out today. And of course, the YouTube channel is still there, so many others, and you can go to our website at www.kingdomrock.org to find out more. That's kingdomrock.org. All right, without any further ado, here comes today's message, and it is entitled, Confess and Press, right here on Kingdom Rock Radio. Chosen people, you are a peculiar people, a royal priesthood. You are God's very own people. You realize that? You are God's very own people and he loves you and he has not left you alone and he will never leave you nor will he forsake you. He will never leave you. Neither will he forsake you but he will be with you always and forever. You are the Holy Spirit's permanent dwelling place. You are his temple. You are the temple of the Holy Spirit. He will never vacate his temple. Hallelujah. You are God's temple, his dwelling place. Hallelujah. Well, I pray that you're ready to receive God's rich word today. Hallelujah. Because the Father does have a word for his people today. So I thank God for all of you that are here today under the sound of my voice that have come out and you brave the elements. Praise God. You pass a lot of good churches to be here today. And we thank God that you have chosen to worship with us here at Kingdom Rock Family Worship Center. Hallelujah. Let's give the Lord Jesus a mighty hand of praise. Hallelujah. Welcome home. Welcome home. Welcome home. Praise God Almighty. Praise God. And once again, we want to welcome our online community. Welcome online community. Uh, we thank God for you today and uh, you are in for a treat. Uh, a treat because I know the Lord has a rich word in store for you. So buckle up. Get ready. Here comes the rich word of God. Amen. Give your neighbor a high five and tell him it's all about Jesus. It's all about him. Today we celebrate the wonderful name of Jesus. We celebrate him. 
Hallelujah. Well, Father, we thank you in Jesus' name for the word of God that you've given us today. Father, we pray today that as we enter into your presence, Lord, we pray today that you would feed us by your spirit. Lord, we thank you for the manna that you give us today. We thank you, Lord, for the living water that you give us today. Lord, we thank you uh, for the bread. We thank you for the milk, and we thank you for the meat. We thank you, Father, for, for the inspired word of God today. We thank you, Lord, that you would speak in such a way that all who hear will understand Shan. And I thank you, Lord, for the plans that you're giving your people today. Plans of great deliverance, plans of healing, plans of recovery. We give you praise today. And Lord, we just say today, have your wonderful way. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, as you know, we've been in a series for the last uh, several weeks entitled Healing is the children's bread healings is, healing is the children children's bread and so also yeah we want to welcome our uh, roku uh community those of you that are watching us on roku hello roku wherever you are all around the world we thank you so much as well we just want to uh acknowledge you as well and if you are not if you don't if you have a roku device and uh and you haven't checked us out, well, do so. Go to the channel store and select or search for Kingdom Rock TV, and you can uh, get the channel if you're not already there. Amen? Praise God. All right, well, today we're going to go into part number six of the series, um, series entitled Healing is a Children's Bread, and today we're going to subtitle this Confess and Press. Confess and Press. And you'll see today, I pray today that uh, you'll understand that this is a foundational principle. Confess and press. Confess and press. Touch your head today and say, oh, touch your head and your heart and say, Lord, help me to understand this today. Because there are some things in the kingdom where really all things in the kingdom of God are all spiritually discerned. They're all spiritually discerned. You're going to need the Holy Spirit to understand anything uh, from the kingdom of God. Unless you are born again, you can't even see the kingdom. You can't see it. You can't comprehend it. So you're going to, it's going to take the Holy Spirit of God to reveal to you what he's saying in his word. Let's go to the book of Mark, book of Mark, the fifth chapter. We were here on last week as we talked about uh, the atmosphere of miracles, the atmosphere of miracles, uh, rather, or the, or consider the atmosphere, rather, on last week. If you haven't heard it, make sure that you hear it again and get it in you. If you haven't heard it, hear it and then hear it again. So we're going to read, I'll be doing a lot of reading today, actually. And because this is a very familiar text of scripture, uh, but I don't want to take for granted that everyone has read this before. Uh, I realize that as I'm speaking to you here, I'm also speaking to uh, the church world at large and uh, some people that are new to the faith and have never read the scripture before. So I, I beg you to or I ask you to be patient with us as I read the scripture. OK, and uh, we'll start from here. So we're going to be looking this morning uh, from the book of Mark, the fifth chapter, verses 21 uh, through verse 43. And I'll be reading this to you out of the King James Version. After we read it, then we'll go back and mine and mine out the nuggets that God has for us today. Amen? Amen. All right, let's go. It says in verse 21, and when Jesus was passed over again by ship uh, unto another side, rather unto the other side, much people gathered unto him, and he was nigh unto the sea. And behold, there cometh one of the rulers of the synagogue, Jairus by name, 
And when he saw him, he fell at his feet and besought him greatly, saying, My little daughter lieth at the point of death. I pray thee, come and lay thy hands on her that she may be healed and she shall live. Say with me, touch number one. This is the first touch that is mentioned here. He says here, lay thy hands, that's touch her. Lay thy hands on her that she may be healed and she shall what? Live, verse 24. And Jesus went with him and much, much people followed him and thronged him. And a certain woman which had an issue of blood for uh, an issue of blood 12 years. Uh, by the way, 12 is the number of foundation. 12, if you're making notes, write this down. 12 is a number of foundation, the number of government, 12. How many tribes of Israel were there? 12. When the Lord Jesus steps on the scene, how many disciples does he choose? 12. If you look in the book of Revelation and you see uh, the new city of Jerusalem, how many foundations does it have? 12. How many gates are there? 12. 12 is the number of government. 12 is the number of foundation. And what you'll find here today is that this is a foundational principle. If you grab a hold of this, or should I say, when you grab a hold of this, when you grab a hold of this, you'll understand that nothing will be withheld from you. Oh, that's very good news. And so we see at verse 25 again, and a certain woman, of course, women uh, in the Bible many times can be representative of the church. So we will see here as the Lord uh, gives a foundational principle to his church. And this woman had an issue of blood 12 years and had suffered many things of many physicians and had spent all that she had and was nothing better but grew worse. When she heard, when she had heard of Jesus came in the press behind and touched his garment. Touch number two. Are you hearing me? Amen. When she heard of Jesus came in the press behind and touched his garment. For she said, if I may touch but his clothes, I shall be whole. And straightway the fountain of her blood was dried up and she felt in her body that she was healed of that plague. And Jesus, immediately knowing in himself that virtue had gone out of him, turned him about in the press and said, who touched my clothes? And his disciples said unto him, thou seest a multitude thronging thee. Now thronging means that the crowd was so tight they were shoulder to shoulder. If you imagine a lot of people, they're all walking in the same direction and we know Jesus always draws a crowd. One other time we saw when Jesus got out off of a boat, uh, we saw that a crowd was waiting for him there. That was a crowd of 5,000 men, not counting the women and children. Best estimates, we could uh, probably see a crowd of over 15,000 people. So here is Jesus again stepping out of a boat and a crowd of people are meeting him. There are virtually thousands of people, not sure the number, but thousands of people wanting to get some sort of touch or something from the Lord. And they're all crowding in, trying to get to him. They're all pressing in, trying to get to him for one reason or another. And the disciples said, um, you say who touched me? 
And Jesus said, um, let's look at verse 31. And his disciples said unto him, thou seest the multitude thronging thee, and sayest thou who touched me? And he looked round about to see her that had touched that had done this thing. Now, that's wonderful thing about Jesus, too. We'll look at this for a second. Wonderful thing about the Lord, he is so aware of the presence of the Holy Spirit upon his life. He is so aware of the virtue and the power and presence of God upon his life. Even though there are hundreds of people or people all around him and they're tightly touching him on all sides, he still knows when virtue has come out of him. He still knows when the power has been released from his body. He's so aware of the presence of God upon his life. I so love you, Jesus. What a wonderful example. And the Bible says here, uh, he looked round about, verse 32, he looked round about uh, to see her, um, to see her uh, that had done this. But the woman, uh, fearing and trembling, trembling, knowing what was done in her, came and fell down before him and told him all the truth. And he said to her, daughter, thy faith have made thee whole, go in peace and be whole of thy plague. While uh, he yet spake, there came, there came from the rule of the synagogue's house certain which, which said, thy daughter is dead, why troublest thou the master any further? As soon as Jesus heard the, the word uh, that was spoken, he saith unto the rule of the synagogue, uh, be not afraid, only believe. He suffered no man to follow him, save Peter, James, and John, the brother of James. Now, we're going to get into all of this, but I want you to see something else here while, while we're in this moment. Jesus said uh, he suffered no man to follow him, save Peter, James, and John, and obviously Jairus. Now, we just said a moment ago that he got off the boat, and people, there were so many people that, he were thrung, that they were thronging him, Right? Possibly thousands of people are in this crowd following after Jesus. Jesus stopped and said, nobody follow me but Peter, James, John, Jairus. And he got a crowd of people to do what he said. Grab a hold of that for a moment. You got a lot of people that really want your attention, want your time. But he stopped them. Because he's about to shift the atmosphere. And remember, when you're going in, when you're going in uh, for a miracle, when, when the Lord's about to work a miracle in your life, he will cause many times people to separate from you. You can't come any further with me. Amen. Because there are some people in your, in your life that only want something from you. Yes. Uh, but they don't want to add to you. They just want to take from you. And in this case, the Lord stops the atmosphere. Remember, we talked about that earlier as the Lord um, before he uh, rather we're going to see this again in J.R.'s house. Right. He thins the crowd out again. Let's go ahead and finish the reading here. Then we'll go on further. It's just so much. And verse 37, and he suffered no man to, to follow him, save uh, Peter and James and John, the brother of James. And he cometh to the house of the rule of the synagogue and uh, see the multitude, see the uh, tumult. And them that wept and wailed greatly. And when he was come in, he saith unto them, Why make ye this ado and weep? The damsel is not dead, but sleepeth. And they laughed him to scorn. But when he had put them all out, he taketh the father and the mother of the damsel and them that were with him and entereth in there, therewith. Rather than entereth in where the damsel was lying. We'll stop there for a second, too. This is so, so full. It's so rich. 
Now we said again <clears throat> that Jesus thins the crowd out again. He thinned it the first time. Thousands of people or hundreds of people, whoever's following him, that are thronging him, it's time for y'all to thin out again. Go. And he only allowed those that were in faith to go with him. Right? Secondly, he gets to the house and there are people wailing and they're crying. This atmosphere is what we call a zero faith atmosphere. Say zero faith. Now, how do we know that this is a zero faith? How do we know that these people were not believing that this girl was going to get up again? They were weeping and wailing tremendously, right? Now, so this was a zero faith atmosphere. Jesus, the man of faith, Jesus, the man who is faith, begins to speak into the atmosphere. In so many words, we can say he is releasing the dove. Remember what uh, Noah did there at the ark, right? To find out whether it was, uh, whether there was land or not, uh, whether or not the boat was going to rest, he would send out the dove. And if the dove would return, then uh, he would know that things were not ready yet. The atmosphere was not conducive for the landing of the ark, not just yet. Jesus sends out a word, a word of faith in the atmosphere. I believe he's waiting for a divine echo from the hearts of the people. He says, the damsel, the little girl is not dead, but sleeps, waits. And there is no echo that comes back. There's only a scorning laughter, a scorning laughter saying that there is zero faith in this atmosphere. There is nothing conducive for a, for a miracle, for a move of God. So what does he do? He does what? Let's read it. We go ahead and read it. Uh, he said, why make it this to do? The damsel is not dead, but sleep. In verse number 40, and they laughed him to scorn. But when he had put them all out, he thinned the crowd again. He took the zero faith atmosphere out. Many times you will discover uh, once, you meet, once you move people out, the atmosphere goes with them. Once you move them out, the atmosphere will go with them. What they are will leave with them. I was in one particular service there in Carrollton. We'll, we'll put up Paul's right there for a moment. I was in one particular service, not in Carrollton, but another city. And a gentleman, <clears throat> I was in the back preparing uh, while the praise and worship was going on. And, and uh, I'm just in the, actually in the pastor's office there, just continuing to seek the Lord, staying in the place of prayer. And while I was in the back, I heard a great commotion, like something, something slammed up against the wall. I thought, boy, those people are really praising the Lord out there. They're really getting it. I said, praise God, they're really getting it. And the last song, I'm around the sound just got louder. Boom, boom, boom. I'm like, my goodness. So I came out the back to discover, I said, what? I mean, my God, you're really getting it. I began to get concerned. The music was still going on. The praise team was still up, singing the praise of the Lord. I thought, well, it can't be that bad. But then I went out, went around, and I saw the pulpit, the podium, was thrown against the wall, and it, they had a glass top, and it had fallen over. It, it was normally here, and it was way over there on the other side of the room. And I see a man going back and forth, going, <laughs> doing all of that with a disfigured face. And I, I surmise that it was him that pushed the pulpit up against the wall. So the praise team, hey, they're doing their thing. They continue to praise. I looked at them and they were, <laughs> praise. 
They were scared. They were scared. And uh, I saw a little children in the back. I said, all right, fine. So I get up in the pulpit. You know, here again, I'm the visiting pastor. Praise God. One of you guys should have dealt with this. Praise God. I shouldn't have to come and deal with this. But praise the Lord. I get up in the pulpit and I tell him and I, I asked the Lord why I said this. But he, and he tell me, told me uh, later on. But I'll tell you, I, I looked dead in that man's face and I said, sir, I spoke to the man first. I said, sir. And he was right here in my face. I could feel uh, the breath. He was right here in my face. I said, sir, you are welcome to stay, but you must sit down. You must sit down. He said, I ain't got to sit down. My name is some sort of demonic name. My name is whatever. He said, I said again, sir, you're welcome to stay, but you must sit down. He my name is he went all that I said in the name of Jesus get out I didn't I was like Lord why didn't I say come out why didn't I say come out but get out came out of my spirit get out and that man that was throwing pulpit furniture around and destroying the church tucked his head and went out the door in the meanwhile, they had called the police. Police came and, and uh, the deacons went out or whatever and, and the man that went on somewhere. I said, Lord, why didn't I say in the name of Jesus, come out? And the Lord told me, because the man didn't want to release the spirit. The man wanted that spirit. He didn't want to let it go. So he brought an atmosphere in that church atmosphere of fear people were afraid and concerned I, I thought they were really getting into praise and worship Gene I thought they were really just getting it just I mean knocking up the wall and just praising God I come out and see that but what I'm saying is that people carry an atmosphere and not everybody wants to be delivered so there are some times that God will say to you, you leave the atmosphere. Then there are other times that God will thin out the atmosphere. It may not be the crowd. It may be one that's going to have to go. So here the Lord Jesus thins the crowd out once again. Um, once again. And then it says here and. uh or verse 40 says, he taketh the father and the mother of the damsel and them that were with him and entered in um, where the damsel was lying. Verse 41, and he took the damsel by the hand and said unto her, Talitha Kumi, which is being interpreted, damsel, I say unto thee, arise. And straightway the damsel arose and walked, and uh, rather and walked, for she was the age of how old? 12 years old. Here again, that's a double enunciation, which means that God really wants you to hear this. He says it once, take notice. He says it twice, you better really understand this. Double enunciation of the number 12. This is a foundational principle that is happening here. It says, uh, for she was of the age of 12. All right, and um, 
Okay, and they were astonished with a great astonishment. And he charged him straight, he charged him straightly that no man should know it and command that something should be given her to eat. All right. Now, you find that sometimes Jesus tells, tells people, actually in the beginning of this chapter, there was a demoniac, there's a man that was filled with demons, filled with, um, the Bible said, he, Jesus asked him, what's his name? He said, it's legions, my name is legions. There are so many demons that was in this man. Really, which really talks about the capacity of the human spirit as well. These spirits don't dwell in your soul, they dwell in the spirit of a man. The human spirit has the capacity of holding legions of demons. Grab a hold of that. Now understand something. We say, wow, that must be a lot of room. Why does the human spirit have the capacity to hold thousands of spirits? Because it was designed to hold one very big Holy Spirit. Somebody's really going to get that. And when Jesus delivered that man, he told that man, go back to your family and tell him what God has done for you. Here in this text, Jesus said, hey, don't tell anybody. Because really, once they see the little girl walking around, they don't have to say a word. Don't have to say a word. They see you in the marketplace. All those folk that was laughing at you and all that, they just see the girl walking with you. Don't have to say a word. Are you hearing? So this is another example, too, of you don't have to toot your own horn. The work that God does can be validated, easily validated. You say they said you weren't going to be nothing and this and that and the other. Well, once God gets finished with you, all you got to do is drive up. All you got to do is just be in the place and they will surely see the work of God in your life. Are you hearing? Now, we've read that. Now, let me show you some things that are in this text, these foundational principles. Now, understand something, uh, and I don't believe we'll be here very long today, so I need you to listen quickly. Praise God. Notice these two foundational principles here. One, J. Aris is coming from a zero-faith atmosphere. The woman is also, the woman with the issue of blood, also coming from a zero-faith atmosphere. The Bible says that she suffered with this condition for 12 years. The Bible says that she suffered many things of many physicians, didn't grow better, but grew worse. If you look at that, it says she suffered many things of many physicians. In the medieval times, boy, they had a myriad of treatments for you. One was leeches. Let the leeches suck your blood out and you, you lay in a bathtub full of leeches and they just put leeches on you to suck it out, right? This is going to solve the problem. And in some cases, they would drill a hole in your head to try to alleviate some of the suffering that you were going in, that you were enduring. And in many other cases, they would take human feces and animal feces, mix them all together and create some type of concoction and you put it right on your face and you're right on your body and you wear that for several days. And the list goes on and on and on. Oh, the barbaric things we would say in today's standards, the barbaric things that they did with this woman with an issue of blood. How did they try to stop that from happening? We will keep that right now. Leave that to your own imagination of what they would do to try to stop that. The Bible says that she suffered many things by many physicians and she got broke. She grew broke. She lost all of her money trying to get healed of this condition. She came from an atmosphere of zero faith. Disappointment after disappointment 
after disappointment, after disappointment, she suffered many things by many physicians, which means she tried over and over and over and over and over again. She didn't get better, but she got worse. And not only that, she lost all of her money. It's one thing to be sick, but to be sick and broke are two different things. Are you hearing me? So she came from an atmosphere of zero faith. Grab a hold of this. She's coming from this way. Jesus got off of the ship and he's walking to Jairus' house, which is over there. As he's walking, the Bible says that she came in the press behind him. She came with a confession behind him. Jairus has met him. Jairus met him as he got off the ship, right? Jairus is coming from that direction. So she's coming from one direction and Jairus is coming from the other direction. And they're going to intersect on Jesus. They're going to intersect. And they're both saying to him, touch Come touch, come touch. She said, if I may touch the hem of his garment or touch his clothes, I shall be made whole. Jairus said, if I can just get you, Jesus, to come to my house, lay hands on her or touch my daughter, she'll be, she'll be healed and she'll live. She'll be made whole and she'll live. They're both seeking for a touch, but they're both also, again, coming from zero faith, zero faith environments, and they're both coming with a confession in their hearts. They're both believing Jesus with a confession. Here's a foundational principle. Hear me. How did they get this faith confession? How did this faith arise in them? The Bible says plainly that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Well, did they have in their Bibles, did they have where another woman with the issue of blood was able to touch his clothes? No. Did they have the Bible as we know it today? No. Well, what did they hear to create the type of faith that they needed to generate this type of confession to cause them to press? Somebody's hearing this. What did they hear? They heard the testimony of Jesus. They heard what he had done in the lives of others. And what he had done in the lives of others became so big to them. It became so huge to them. They allowed themselves to believe it regardless of the situation that they were currently in. They heard how he had, how he had raised the dead, how he had fed the 5,000, how he had cast out devils and demons, how he had healed every time somebody came to him for healing. They were healed. They, had, they allowed themselves to be consumed with the testimony and the work of Jesus. And this testimony and work of Jesus became bigger than their problem. It became bigger than their situation. They believed in Jesus more than they did the situation. What else would, pro what else would cause a man to leave the bedside of his dying daughter? She was dying as a parent. Wouldn't you want to be there to your child's last breath? Wouldn't you want to be there and hold your daughter's hand until they slip away? But what caused this man to leave his daughter's dying bed, deathbed, to go and seek after a man that he's never met? There is faith that has arisen on the inside of him. This faith calls him to confess. If I can just go and get Jesus and get him back to my house, I have to go and get Jesus back to my house. What does Jairus have to leave? People saying, I can see him saying to his wife, honey, I'm going to have to go. Where are you going, baby? I've got to get Jesus because I know I got to get him back to our house. If he can just touch her, touch, touch our daughter, I know she shall be made whole. Honey, I got to leave. Don't leave, baby. Don't leave. Honey, I've 
got to go. I've got to get Jesus to come back to our house. And if he comes back to our house and touches our daughter, she'll be healed and she'll live. So Jairus has to leave the wife, leave the child and the wife. He has to go through all the people that are outside weeping and crying. And I'm sure they're asking him all those questions. Where are you going? Where are you going? Where are you going? This is inappropriate. Why are you going to leave your family in a place like this, in a state like this? You must not be a good man. But Jairus says, I must go. I've got to go and find Jesus with tears in his eyes and faith in his heart. He has a confession that I must press my way to get to Jesus. He pressed his way through the crowd, finally seeing where Jesus was. He sees a whole lot of people around him. He falls at Jesus' feet knowing that he is a ruler of the synagogue and knowing how the Pharisees and Pharisees, the scribes, knowing how they feel about Jesus, he casts aside his religious position and he seeks the face of God. He presses his way. He falls at Jesus' feet and he gives him his confession. Lord, just come to my daughter, come to my home and lay your hands upon my daughter. Just lay your hands upon her and she'll be healed and she'll live. Will you come? Jesus begins to come and on the way as they're coming to the house, here comes a woman with the issue of blood butting in. Look, lady, I'm coming to give Jesus for my miracle. But don't worry. This is a faith, a faith opportunity for her too. Jairus sees the power of God being revealed and she testifies, yes, this is happening to me. This has happened and the fountain is, is drying up. Jairus says, I'm sure, wow, great. My confession and my pressing is not in vain. And so they continue to go to the house. But while they're going, somebody from that atmosphere, carrying that negative zero atmosphere, comes to Jairus and confronts Jairus with the atmosphere that he just came from and tells him, don't trouble the master. It's too late for Jesus. Jesus can't do anything with this. Your daughter is dead. There's no hope for her. Send Jesus on the way. Your faith is in vain. There's nothing that can be done. But Jesus looks at him and says, he gives him a word hallelujah he says don't be afraid only believe don't be afraid only believe why because fear is anti-faith so this man comes to Jesus with a word and Jesus strikes also with a word don't be afraid only believe and so there they are. Now they're walking back to the house, but Jairus had to press. He had to confess and press. The woman with the issue of blood had to confess and press because then at that time, it was illegal for any woman in that condition to come out in public and touch people because she was ceremonially unclean. She would have to go out in the crowd and say, unclean, 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 unclean. She was there illegally. She she was not supposed to be there, but she pressed her way to get to the Lord. The Bible says she came in the press behind him and touched his clothes. We know that she touched the hem of his garment, which was a whole lot lower. So she probably had to crawl through, crawl through, crawl through and press and press and press all the while saying within herself, if I may but touch the hem of his garment that touches clothes, I shall be made whole. She's confessing and she's pressing and confessing and she's pressing until she touches until she embraces that thing and the fountain dries up and immediately she is healed here's the foundational principle 
Jairus and the woman with the issue of blood both began with faith. So much faith that they left the place of zero faith. They had the faith for the miracle when they started out at step number one. They had the faith required to get the miracle. But they had to, having faith and having the confession, they were, you'll also have to press. You'll also have to press through. Now, they had to press through to encounter a physical Jesus. Jesus that was only in one body at one time. You and I don't have to do that because if you are in Christ, Christ is in you. You already have Jesus with you right here and right now. You don't have to press through people to get to a, to, you don't have to press like they did through physical people to get to a physical Jesus. Jesus is already with you and I, but we still must confess and press through our doubts, press through other people that are saying this, that, or the other press through the doctor's reports and you must press through what you see to be true because what you see to be true is temporary every time you take a pill you must see this thing is a lie my body no longer needs this every time you put on a, every time you wear a pair of prescription glasses you have to see this thing is temporary my eyes don't need this I see with 4k ultraviolet vision hallelujah my vision is so good is x-ray Ooh, maybe not Lord uh, my vision is so good praise the Lord are you hearing me you must see what we see. We say we need this. No, but the testimony of Jesus must be bigger than what we see. Right now, we're in the process of confessing and pressing through what this world calls as true until, we, until we're at the point where we can touch him, so our faith can reach him. Even though he's on the inside of us, there is still a distance, there is still a void that must be covered until the actual manifestation occurs. Yes, you are healed. Yes, I believe by his stripes, I am healed. I know that to be true right this very moment but there is still a time of, of confessing and pressing before we receive the complete manifestation oh I want to be hearing that today and so he had to confess and press she had to confess and press until they received the manifestation now here's a minute here's a thing that many of us don't do we confess one time and press for one moment and then it gets hard and then we'll let it go we confess one time. We press one time until we get an evil report from the doctor. And then we say, well, oh, this is, may not be true. I'll go back to plan number B. I'll go back to plan C. I understand this. We confess one time. We press one time. But you're going to have to confess and press until you receive the manifestation of the thing that you're believing God for. How do you do that? Why, how does the pressing, how does the pressing begin? The pressing begins with confession. How does the confessing begin? Confessing begins because you believe in the testimony of Jesus. You have read your Bible. You saw what Jesus has done in the life of other people. You see what the prophet Isaiah prophesied about. You saw what 1 Peter 2.24 prophesies about how by his stripes you are healed you see his testimony you hear his testimony and you go over his testimony again and again and again until faith arises and that faith will cause a confession and that confession will cause you to press and continue to press until you get to your manifestation Amen. this woman or this man or Jairus did not have this 
He couldn't go to Mark, Book of Mark and see Jairus doing it. He was the one who was doing it. They had a confession because of what they had heard. And what they had heard became bigger than the problem that they were facing. Understand something. J.R. is a devoted father. Obviously, he has to be to leave the house and go and find Jesus. He must have been a devoted and loving father. How does a devoted and loving father leave the side of his child? Leave the side of the deathbed? He leaves it because of something that he believes. This woman had money. At one point, she suffered many things by many doctors. I'm not sure how much they charge, but obviously at one point she either was raised with money or she was a businesswoman. She was a tenacious woman. She would not give up. After many things, she wouldn't give up, and she heard of Jesus, and then she came. She allowed herself to believe beyond what she was seeing. What I'm telling you today, this foundational principle, allow yourself to believe beyond what you are feeling. The feeling is a lie. The pain is a lie. The symptoms are, are a lie. Or whether it was the glasses out of focus is a lie. Jesus said, by his stripes you are healed. And I believe that and that settles that. I am healed. God's not a liar. I am healed. I am healed. I am healed. You're going to have to confess that. And press and press. Day in and day out. Press. Getting up out of the bed in the morning, you confess. I am I am healed. I am healed by the stripes of Jesus, the Messiah, the Son of God. I am healed as Jesus is. So am I in this world. Jesus doesn't have to take these pills, so I don't have to take these pills. Jesus don't have to wear glasses, so I don't have to wear glasses. As Jesus is, so am I. So are we in this world. And we have to define what we see this is a foundational principle this is a foundational principle that happens with two double enunciations one we see 12 twice and two we see two women a young a young girl and we see an older woman are you hearing? God is saying this thing to you and I today. All you've got to do is grab a hold to it and believe it. I pray you've heard the word of God today. We're done right there in Jesus' mighty name. Give Lord a mighty hand of praise. Hallelujah. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Lord God, we thank you in Jesus' name for what we pray that you are blessed today by the ministry. Remember, if you would like to hear this message in its entirety and even hear the entire series, just go to our website at www.kingdomrock.org. That's www.kingdomrock.org. We will be so glad to connect with you. While you're there on the website, make sure to consider a financial donation in support of the ministry. And don't forget, if you're in the area, stop on by and visit with us every Sunday morning at 10 a.m. and Wednesday night at 7 p.m. We're located at 180 Helton Road in Bremen, Georgia. Stop on by. And don't forget, while you're on the website, sign up for Kingdom Inspirations. We believe it's going to be a blessing to you. All right, until next time, remember that Jesus loves you and so do we. Choose him as your Lord today. Only he can make a way.